Welcome back to the Monitor Sports Podcast. Eric Winston-Lavelle here with Dan Atori. Got another big show for you here today. If you like D3 boys basketball, well, this is a good show to listen to because in the second half of the show, I have two interviews this week, one with the Hopkinton boys basketball coach, Matt Miller, and the Belmont boys basketball coach, Tony Martinez. Hopkinton's off to an 8-0 and start this year. They have a big game on Tuesday night against Guilford, the defending D3 champions, who are also 8-0. And then Belmont, they got off to a 5-0 and start. They're now 5-2. and uh, They were supposed to play 5-2 and Winnesquam last Thursday, but that game was postponed, so... They will that game was rescheduled now for Wednesday this week in a rematch of a matchup that was played a couple of weeks ago. Winnesquam won the first one 59-56. So should be a good game on Wednesday in Belmont. Both those teams off to great starts, as is Hopkinton's. You can hear from those coaches about what's gone well for them so far and where they kind of see themselves as they look ahead toward the postseason. But Dan, let's start talking about uh, some girls basketball in the area. It was a big week for Bo. Uh, the Falcons now 6-0. and They beat the defending D2 champions Hanover 35-23 on Tuesday last week and then turned around on Friday and beat a 6-1 and Milford team 58-31. Uh, it's a team that seems to be rounding into form uh, as they uh, continue to, to win, find ways to win games. Yeah, they definitely uh, they've they've picked up where they've left off last year in in terms of their defense um, across the board. Every player who they put onto the floor is is just an absolute defensive machine. Um, offensively is where things have looked a little bit different this year for them. Um, Alex Larrabee still the the go-to person in the paint and scoring a lot of points in there but Juliet Tarsa has really emerged as their as their key outside shooter she had three threes uh, on her first three shots of the game to open up uh, their win over Hanover. Uh, she scored all nine points for a, a quick lead in the first quarter in that one. Um, so offensively, they've they've looked much better and a little bit different uh, in the sense that they kind of have their 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 leaders in Larrabee and Tarsa to uh, be more of the, the key uh, shot takers, but defensively still extremely strong all across the board. Um, they are not the only undefeated team in D2, though. They have, uh, there is still 7-0 Kennett, who Bo is scheduled to play on February 7th. And then there is 6-0 Pelham, who Bo is not going to be playing in the regular season. So um, there's still a lot of teams that Bo has not seen yet. Although with a 6-0 start, um, beating defending champions Hanover. Milford is usually a pretty strong program. Uh, they won the holiday tournament, beating a couple of Division Two, uh, sorry, Division One teams, and then Division Three powerhouse Conan. Um, so Bo definitely looking very strong so far. And the big issue for Bo, really going back to the start of the year, has been offense. If you look at the scores that they've had in games they haven't exactly lit up the scoreboard um but friday it seemed like they the falcons finally put everything together you mentioned uh tarsa and her performance she had another 20 points on friday along with alex larrabee uh, larrabee kind of providing the inside scoring threat tarsa from the outside and each of them had 20 points friday so they the two of them alone outscored milford 
in that game. Um, and, and one thing that head coach Phil Davis had said that they had been really working on was how to score it against the two, three zone. That's what teams have been playing against them and they were not executing great. He mentioned, you know, skip passes and ball fakes and those little things that you have to do to try to throw the defense off when they're playing a two, three zone. Um, they did that pretty well on Friday night as evidenced by the fact that they scored 58 points um, and won by 27. So uh, this is a bow team that, you know, maybe still not at its peak, but certainly much closer there now than it was uh, a couple of weeks ago. Also in the girls basketball on the girls basketball side of things, Concord uh, has dropped three straight. I was at their loss against Goffstown last Tuesday night. Um, that was a 55-42 loss. Concord has since also lost uh, to drop to three and four on the season. Um, but uh, they lost to Bedford on Friday, 82 uh, Excuse me, that was the, the boys. But the girls also lost on Friday. Um, but Dan, it's been kind of an up and down season for Rob Darrell in his first year as the head coach for the Concord girls. Uh, they've had some good performances, some not so good performances. Uh, last Tuesday against Goffstown was not a great one, uh, but you know they're still trying to put the pieces together so they're in position for decent playoff seating once the playoffs come around. Yeah, if Concord wins one or two more games, they jump up, it looks like, one, two, three, four, five, six. I mean, six or seven spots in the standings, they they go up if they win, if they win two more games. Um, and there aren't there aren't any gimmies looking at the looking at the uh schedule. I'm looking at even at the teams at the even the teams at the bottom um of the standings have had some have had some pretty close games against decent opponents. So there, there's no gimmies in Division One. Um, the only again, when you only need to put five players on the court, you know, you can, you know, you don't need a ton of depth. You can, you can, you know, field a team pretty, pretty nicely. So, you know, nothing, nothing uh, is taken for granted in Divisional, but still a lot of time to turn things around. And then they're just a couple wins away from, you know, this being a completely different conversation. The uh, the game on Tuesday against Goffstown was notable because Goffstown's Ava Winterburn had 33 points. Uh, Concord did not really have an answer for her. It was a focus for them coming into the game, but uh, Rob did also one of his best defenders uh, was out that night, so she didn't play. They had to kind of defend by committee, and uh, they couldn't really find much of an answer. So, you know, they're still trying to find that consistency. They've been dealing with some injuries and, and illness, like pretty much every team I feel like has. Everyone's been getting sick. But hopefully as we hit the midpoint in January, move into February, teams are healthier and at full strength. And especially for Concord, uh, that's gotten off to an, an up and down start. Not a terrible start, but not a great start either uh, for the Crimson Tide. Yeah. I'm looking at their so I'm looking at their schedule and I'm looking at the standings and and three of their losses have been to Bedford, Goffstown, and Pinkerton, who are all top five programs. So they've definitely, I mean, they they've beaten teams that they they should beat, but they you know they're still, you know, not not quite able to hold up against some of these you know really super strong programs and in the division, like, uh, like an undefeated Bedford that's in first place right now. That was their, their loss on Friday night. Um, but still, you know, I mean, plenty, plenty of time to turn things around. Are there girls hoops notes, Dan? 
Uh, just to keep an eye uh, on Division Three, uh, where we have a lot of local teams. Concord Christian finally, uh, <laughs> finally suffered a loss in Division Three. Their inaugural season playing in that division. Concord lost a narrow game to, uh, uh, I believe, one or two points to Conant. Um, uh, powerhouse in that division, like we've said before. So Concord Christian eight and one in their first season in Division Three. Excuse me. And then Hopkinton at six and one is also up there. Hopkinton girls have a big game with Guilford uh, coming up this week. Uh, Guilford is seven and one. So seven and one Guilford uh, at six and one Hopkinton should be a pretty good game and a potential future uh, playoff matchup there. Both teams have the ability to go deep. I was very impressed with Hopkinton when I saw them play in the tournament. Um, they, they have a lot of different ways to score. They had uh, Maddie Carmichael, who's really strong uh, inside uh, player who scored a lot of points in the paint. They had a few players who were really good shooting from the outside. And then um, their point guard, Shaley Murdo, just a uh, Really quick uh, cross-country star as well, uh, using that speed uh, really to move the ball up the court and, and drive to the basket. And overall, just a great defensive uh, team as well. So Hopkinton hosting Guilford should be a very good uh, D3 matchup this week. And on the boys' side of things, you'll get your D3 fill with the Hopkinton and Belmont coaches in a little bit. But in Division One, Concord... Uh, beat Goffstown last Tuesday to improve to three and three. They've already now surpassed their win total from last year when the tide were two and 16. They did lose to Bedford, a good Bedford team on Friday, 82 55. But again, uh, we talked about it a little bit last week, Dan, but Concord boys, you know, may not be over 500 this year, may not be a top five team in the division, but there seems to be lots of reasons to feel optimistic about where things are heading. Cause as I just said, they've already won more games this year than last year. And there's still a long way to go this season. Yeah, uh, Coach Latora was uh, was was pleased with how his team did on on Friday night, despite the loss. Uh, looking through his his comments from from that uh, from that game, um, yeah, just that they, he he was really impressed with how they responded. Um, Bedford was winning by twenty two points at halftime, and and conquered. Uh, you know, put up thirty put thirty points on the scoreboard in the second half. Um, and Bedford is an you know a, a very strong team at at six and one, and they had a, a player, uh, Luke Soden, I think his name is dropped thirty two points in that one. So uh, Bedford's a very explosive team. Conquer just wasn't quite able to uh, keep up with that pace, but it's still very pleased with the effort um, and and the way they continue to improve. And and more importantly, he's been very impressed with the way that they respond um, when things aren't necessarily going their way. They're still going after loose balls. They're still, you know, playing hard and, and driving to the basket and trying to make things happen. So um, yeah, probably a win over Bedford would be a lot to expect from them um this year especially where they've they've come from but uh you know nothing but you know positive uh, positive notes uh from coach Latora on how his squad is doing so far also uh, coming up this week there's a big game on Friday night at Pembroke Pembroke 6 and 1 hosting 6 and 0 Sauhegan we had uh, Pembroke head coach Mike Dinell on the podcast uh, right before basketball season started that's a Pembroke team that in uh, Division Two is expecting to compete for D2 
championship this year. For the most part, Dan, things have gone according to plan. Yeah, no, they've uh, they they suffered one loss, um, but have looked very good since then. Uh, I believe they recently had a big win over Pelham, uh, one of the uh, perennial powers of this division. Yeah, Pelham is. Uh, uh, so uh, so they played uh, so they played well against Pelham. Pelham uh, had a ten point win over Pem, uh, over Pembroke. So Pelham is Pembroke's only loss. So, uh, and, and Pembroke, uh, sorry, Pelham, it's too many P, P schools. Uh, so Pelham and Pembroke are both six and one Pembroke's only loss coming to Pelham so far. Um, but, uh, Pembroke beating some, you know, beating some strong programs. Um, but, but really a, a big test against defending champion Sauhegan, on Friday, um, but Pembroke's been on a roll recently since losing by 10 to Pelham on January 6th. Uh, Pembroke uh, doubled up Bishop Brady 73 to 36, um, and then they beat Hollis Brookline uh, 65 to 42 last week. So definitely coming in. Uh, and then they've got another uh, a favorable matchup against John Stark today um, to give them a little bit of momentum heading into that heading into that game. But I mean, so far, you know, all these teams that Pembroke have beaten for the most part, they're good teams, you know, that are, that are, that are playoff contenders, but they haven't uh, had, you know, a a real, you know, I think another championship contender, if you will, they haven't beaten any of those teams yet. Um, So I think this game against Sauhegan will be a great indicator of, of where they are at. Um, my only other notes uh, outside of D3, Eric, uh, Conquer Christian, 7-0 and in Division 4. Uh, they are in second behind Littleton, who is 10-0. Um, I'm sorry, Conquer Christian is 7-0. and Did I say 7-4? and I think if I said seven and four just now, that was wrong. Conquer Christian is seven and zero oh. in Division Four. Uh, Littleton is ten and zero. Oh. Um, Conquer Christian's had a bit of a lighter schedule over the last last couple of weeks, so they haven't had as many games. Um, but still, definitely a, a team to look at there. And uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of big D three matchups. Uh, you mentioned Guilford uh, and Hopkinton for the girls. They're also playing on the boys' side. That one's going to be in Guilford. Um, Guilford is the defending champs, um, undefeated and, and looking uh, extremely strong, although they, they were almost beaten by Belmont, and that will, I'm sure that will come up in the uh, interview with Coach Martinez. So some big Division Three basketball to come up this week, but definitely teams to keep an eye on. Uh, Pembroke and D2 boys, Conquer Christian uh, in D4. It was also a big week for uh, Concord girls hockey. Um, they had a, an exciting 2-1 to overtime win on Wednesday over Lebanon Stevens Kearsarge. Uh, 2-1 in overtime. It was a game that they trailed 1-0 until late. They uh, Greta Norton tied the game with 113 left in the game. And then uh, Leah Beauregard scored the game winner in overtime, just 18 seconds in. But that was a big win for Concord. It kind of gave them some momentum and reason to be excited. They parlayed that into a 4-1 victory over Bishop Brady, Trinity Londonderry uh, on Saturday. Now they're 4-2-0. and They're on a three-game win streak. And the vibe around the team certainly felt a lot different after the win on Wednesday than the week before when I was there. And the girls had just lost to Pinkerton, I believe. Um, this was a, an exciting win. It was a game that they kind of looked 
flat for the most part. And then really in the third period, flipped the switch, we're firing pucks on net. And then finally with just over a minute to go in regulation, able to tie the game. And then as, as I just said, Wednesday, 18 seconds into overtime. So things looking up for Concord girls hockey, Dan. Yeah, no, definitely back to back, back to back wins, especially this early on. Uh, always a good thing. I know uh, Concord uh, had some had some setbacks in some earlier games, so it's definitely good to definitely good to start turning things around. Um, and again, girls hockey, it's just wild swings as far as you know the depth um, and, and the level of experience on on some of these programs. So uh, always good to come away, uh, come away with some wins. Uh, Concord, uh, both of these wins coming against uh, some of the three team co-ops. So a lot of combined power on those squads that Concord has been able to uh, overcome, but that's, that's all I have for girls. Uh, That's all I have for girls hockey this week. Just the two local teams that we, uh, that we cover there. And then on the boys' side, uh, another good week for Concord. It was a, a started on Wednesday with a 5-1 win over Bo, a game that Dunk Wallace I don't think was super pleased with how his team came out of the gate. The game was tied 1-1 through two periods. Concord scored four unanswered goals in about nine minutes in the third to really blow it open. But uh, it wasn't their best performance, even though they did win by four. And then on Saturday, they turned around and beat a 6-0 and Bishop Girton team 8-2 to improve to an 8-0-0 on the season. And in that game, uh, Dan, as you noted, Brooks Craig set the all-time assist leader record under Dunk Walsh, who's in his 33rd year as Concord's boys hockey coach. So, you know, Concord, again, didn't play its best on Wednesday, but against the bow team that has kind of struggled this year. Uh, we'll talk about them in a second because they did pick up a win on Saturday, but generally has not played great all year, uh, but Concord able to flip the switch on. I think the one thing that Dunk Walsh was not happy about is saying that, you know, his guys can't just go out there and expect to win games. They have to actually make it happen. And he kind of felt like they were just going through the motions in the first called periods, even though they were out shooting bow for the most part. Uh, and generally controlling the pace of of the game, but they weren't able to get on the scoreboard much. And then, as I said in the third period, really, really put the foot on, put their foot on the gas, and were able to steal that game. Um, and then, I mean, you got to look at Saturday, and Bishop Gurdon's obviously having a good season. They maybe aren't rolling over opponents like Concord is, but six and zero is six and zero. And then for Concord to turn around and beat them by six goals, uh, pretty impressive, I would say. Yeah, Concord was up 4-1 after the first period. They wasted no time. Um, they wasted no time making a statement in that one. 4-1 after the first period. Um, Brooks Craig uh, set the all-time, well, under Coach Walsh. I don't know if that's the program all-time leader, but 33 years with Coach Walsh is, you know, a pretty significant chunk of, of the program history. But he had his 94th assist in the first period. Um, he also had a hat trick. Uh, Dawson Fancher had a hat trick as well. Um AJ Dow, uh, I believe, had two or three assists. Um, Trevor Craig got in in the action of the goal, so um, it just a, a great game all around for for the Tide. Um, but to your point about you know you you can't go into a game they expecting to win you need to play to win I mean you look at a team like Bo they had a big overtime win over Pinkerton. Um, to snap a four game losing streak, so you know Bo is two and six. They're they're second from the bottom. Um, 
of the D1 standings, but still very competitive. Um, so you need to you need to you know bring it every night. You know, Division One, they're all going to be experienced teams for the most part. They're all going to have you know reasonable depth, um, and and anyone can beat anyone on on any given night. I mean, through two periods, Bo could have won that could have won that game also. So. Um, <clears throat> So to Coach Walsh's point, you just need to you need to play hard to win every night. But big win for Bo Owen Weber scoring an OT to uh, snap Bo's losing streak. So a huge game over Pinkerton. Um, Bo's been in all of their games uh, for the most part. They've been in all of them. They just haven't been able to turn them into wins. Uh, and now that we're we're solidly in the middle of the the, the season, in the middle of these schedules, definitely the time for teams to start uh, turning in, turning those games into wins. Um, Belmont Guilford in Division Three still on top of the standings uh, with an 8-0 record. Um, and then Pembroke Campbell uh, with a big 6-4 uh, come from behind victory over Kingswood on Saturday. They were trailing, heading into the third period, 4-3. Uh, Hattrick in the third period by Logan Daigle lifted uh, the Spartans uh, over the Knights in the third. So Pembroke Academy Campbell now at 4-3 and three, uh, and uh, in the top half of the division three standing. So that, uh, so those are the notes on, on, uh, boys hockey that I have, um, some quick notes from outside of hockey, uh, John Stark wrestling finished second at a 10 team tournament, the Daniel Jeanette, Jeanette, I don't know which pronunciation, uh, uh, that tournament hosted by Pelham. John Stark finished second out of about 10 teams, uh, according to head coach uh, Feudner. That was the best finish by John Stark in a tournament in, uh, in about a decade. So uh, a lot of uh, a lot of the coaching staff and a lot of the wrestlers on that team coming from the football program that had also turned things around um, significantly. Zach Feudner, an assistant on the Stark football team, so uh, definitely a theme with John Stark sports across the board. Definitely a lot of uh, a lot of improvement and growth there. Um, and skiing uh, is now now that we finally well. Uh, in Nashua, I see snow on the grounds that we got last night. I don't know if everyone listening has snow on the grounds where they are, but because I was going to say now that there's snow on the grounds, that may or may not be true. Um, but since snow is a possibility more regularly, uh, skiing is is now uh, fully underway despite a lot of postponements and cancellations early in the schedule. But the Concord Girls Alpine Ski Team is undefeated through two races. They won a 10-team meet, uh, I think at Pat's Peak to open the season, and then they won a 16 meet at Mount Sunapee on Friday. So Concord Alpine off to a great start. Nordic races are starting to get in the full swing. Uh, we've got a couple Nordic uh, Nordic races uh, at Gunstock that have a lot of local teams on Wednesday. Um, and then I believe Saturday. Um, no, not Saturday. Well, either way, Nordic is happening. We have more Nordic races on the schedule now. Um, and then we are less than a month away from the swimming and indoor track championships that will be the weekend of february 11th and 12th so it is going to get very busy on the monitor sports desk uh, getting into the the middle the middle and the final third of the hockey and basketball seasons and then a lot of the uh 
more individual sports um wrapping up actually wrestling uh the division championships for wrestling are on saturday february 18th so we're about a month away from from those championships too so uh even though we have some sports that are just starting uh we we are very close to uh championship season and then around that time uh the other sports hockey and basketball are going to be thinking seriously about playoffs uh so it's only going to ramp up uh, here on the monitor sports desk over the next uh, five or six weeks. And I thought things had already really ramped up the last couple of weeks. We've been at uh, a lot. We've been covering a lot of events already. Um, but as you said, lots more to come in the next few weeks. Uh, let's get to my interviews. First, we'll start with Hopkinton boys basketball coach, Matt Miller. And then you'll hear from my conversation with Belmont head coach, Tony Martinez. Very excited to be joined by the Hopkinton boys basketball coach, Matt Miller. Coach Miller, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. So you guys are off to a phenomenal start this year, 8-0. You have a big game coming up on a Tuesday against Guilford, defending D3 champs. They're also undefeated. What's kind of been behind the success for you guys so far this season? Uh, just effort day in and day out, and you know the guys willing to buy into a, a game plan and a system and you know try to execute it every single day you have a lot of shooting talent i got to see when you guys played kearsarge i think you guys hit uh, at least five threes in the first quarter i think it was something like that um who have been some of the standout players for you guys and and how has that kind of helped get you to where you are uh i i think if our entire starting five for me has kind of been our standout, you know, it's it's tough to say one guy. Um, you know, we got uh, Marek Yopa, MJ is an absolute force from three-point land, and he's, you know, got all the ball skills to do his thing. Uh, Will Tanavasa has been fantastic as a secondary guard, shooting the ball, getting into the lane. Noah A-Frame has been our defensive lockdown with Gavin Davies doing the same thing for bigs, and then you, know, you add in, Abram, uh, Stanifer in the paint, uh, just kind of patrolling the rim and finishing at the rim on both sides. And uh, It's tough to say one guy's been a standout when all five guys have really filled key roles every single night. Yeah, and when all five guys can, can score consistently, I imagine that makes your life pretty easy because the defense doesn't know who yes. to guard. Exactly. Um, I want to ask you about... Uh, Merrick Yopa, I'm glad you mentioned him because he had, I think, 26 points when I saw you guys against Kearsarge. Like, what makes him such a good player and so hard to defend? It's his, his size with his shooting ability mixed with his strength with his hands. You, know, you have a guy that, you know, it, in New Hampshire basketball, you don't see it a ton where you see a kid that's, you know, six foot plus can stroke the, the lights out of the ball. And then turn around and oh, you you closed out hard on him and he's wonderful by you and at the rim finishing above it. Uh, you know, it's he's kind of just got you know three different facets to his offensive game and then you do shut him down and he's got some of the best vision on the court with his passing. It just he just creates opportunities everywhere for himself and other guys because of what he has. So you guys, uh, as we're recording this, uh, now 8-0 on the season, 
Every single win has been by at least 10 points. Most of the wins have been by way more than 10 points. Um, but like, what, where are some areas that you're still hoping to see the team take that next step as you hit the midpoint of the season? Uh, our our biggest thing that I've been kind of preaching is our efficiency. Uh, you know, we've done a really good job taking care of the ball for the most part, but we still have a lot of lapses, you know, offensively and defensively where guys miss an assignment or, you know, guys don't go into the paint controlled. You know, they don't see the kickouts when they're there, the dump downs. You know, so just kind of preaching efficiency across the board and knowing the game plan, knowing the scouting report to, know where the gaps are going to be or what the other teams are going to try to take advantage of so we can shut it down right away. Now for you as a, a first year coach for this program, like what, what did you kind of come in and, and say to the guys to get them on board with what you wanted to do and how is that kind of translated? Uh, so I, I came in and, you know, I looked at and I said, you know, into that has known success without you know really seeing the finish line you know first in a while you know my thing was coming in and we're not going to do anything crazy different from what you've done in in the past my expectations of how we do it are what's going to change you know i'm not going to stop pushing you i expect you to push each other and push me and they've you know jumped right into that from day one uh, now, big game against Guilford coming up. As I said before, they're they're also unbeaten. Uh, what's it going to take for you guys to pull out uh, a big win and a road win? Yeah, being on the road makes it that much harder against uh, a very talented Guilford team. And, you know, they have about as much championship pedigree as anybody in the state right now, right? Um, it's going to just it's going to take us being efficient. You know, and you know, all those things we've talked about, you know, we can't have lapses in judgment. We're going to go into it with a game plan, you know, an expectation of performance. And if we lose, I, it's got to be because we got the looks we wanted and they didn't go down, not because we got exploited. Uh, now, overall, but you know, regardless of how Tuesday goes, still been a successful first year for you guys. What have you enjoyed most about coaching this group of players? Uh, the energy, you know, you, you come in and uh, I feel like it's something that, you know, every coach says that they feel like their group has great energy in the gym all the time. But, you know, coming from, you know, Pelham where, you know, I'm used to, you know, kids constantly getting after each other, constantly fighting each other for loose balls at practices, you know, constantly pushing each other. These guys have been right there with some of the best teams I've had the pleasure of being on the sideline with, you know, and that's been the best part about coming up here so far. Man, anything else you want to add about this season for Hopkinton? Things people should look for moving forward? Uh, I mean, just don't count us out. You know, regardless of you know Tuesday's result, one way or the other, don't count us out. You know, there's always been talk of you know it's Guilford and everybody else, but you know, I think our guys have the talent, have the skill sets that you know we are a matchup problem for everybody, and we match up well against everybody and. I'm excited to see how that plays out going forward. Yeah, I definitely don't think anybody will be counting you out regardless of what happens because, as I said, you guys have won every single game by at least uh, by at least 11 points. So uh, you, you've you've done a great job in year one, and it's been great to see the success uh, you guys have had. So, Coach, thanks so much for joining the podcast. It was great to chat with you about the team. Absolutely. Thank you for having me.
Can you just kind of tell me like what's been uh, what's been working out well for you guys so far this year? Um, I think just uh, you know having having uh, a group, a good mix of uh, of some mature senior leadership and you know some young players with a lot of you know playing experience. Um, I think just we've just we're coming together. We're having fun. Um, you know, even even with a couple losses, you know, we're we're competing and and the guys are truly bought into what I brought to the table. And, you know, we truly believe we're contenders, you know, for a run at the, the state title in D3. What are some of those things that you came in this year and, and kind of tried to sell to the guys? I think the biggest thing was because of the gap i mean i have one right now i have one junior in the program so with this year's team i have a a senior group that has played that have played together since they were in grade school and then i have a sophomore group that has played together you know for a long time and i think the biggest thing was getting those two groups to come together as one um you know to really get them meshing as teammates um and everything, and I think um, just with some more, give the players more freedom, less restrictions type things. Like really teach them the the game from a more open perspective of of defense and offense, and and let them try to figure things out on their own, and not really tell them you have to do this, this, and this. Um, and just just go out there and play and have fun. I mean, basketball should be fun, you know, and and really just get them on board with that. So you mentioned uh, you have had two straight losses, but to two of the best teams in the division, including most recently against Guilford. I mean, Guilford's always kind of the top of the division. Like, what does it kind of say to your guys that you're able to go out there and really, you know, compete with them? I mean, you know, <laughs> basketball basketball's funny. You know, you, you shots go in, shots go out, they can make or break a game. I mean, I truly was happy at the end of that game with the outcome. I mean, we we didn't shoot from the foul line well. We were four for 13. We, we missed a couple shots down the stretch. Um, you know, so knowing that we were right there with the defending champs in their place, um, it showed us um, internally that we're contenders. Um, you know, the Winnesquam game, that one was kind of funny game. We came off, you know, a great week at the Farmington Christmas tournament, winning that championship. I think we went into Winnesquam a little, a little overconfident and, and Winnesquam has proven this year to be probably the scrappiest team in D3. Um, they've got a, their player that's leading the division in scoring. Um, and again, we had chances to pull that game out as bad as we played and we, we just didn't connect. But like I, I told the guys, you know, you always hear how people say you have to learn how to lose. Well, you have to learn how to win and we're still learning how to win. And these games will help with that. So I think that's the biggest takeaway. The two biggest takeaways, it shows us we're contenders and it shows that, you know, it's teaching us how to close games out that the things that we need to work on and need to do to, to be there at the end. And I imagine that uh, you guys were kind of looking forward to having that rematch against Winnesquam tonight. Yeah, that one that one got circled really quick. <laughs> that, 
that one got circled really quick. I mean, I've known Kevin a long time. I mean, this is my first year varsity as a varsity coach, but I've been around the game of basketball a long time, and I know a lot of people, and, and I've known Kevin. He's a great coach. He always gets the most out of his players, and I knew he was he game planned for us hard for that first game. Um, but just like anything, you know, I, I, the, the competitor in me, you know, I was I was I was ready to coach for this game tonight. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to when we reschedule and play him again. Who have been some of the top contributors on the team this year? I mean, I think. Uh, you know, you, you start, if, if I start with the older players, um, you know, Jamison Gaudet to me is, is one player that stood out because he was a player that got varsity time as a freshman, um, you know, played significantly as a sophomore and again last year as a junior. Um, he's probably been the one that everybody's always looked at was going to be the next great basketball player. Um, but there was always so much weight on his shoulders. And this year he does so many things for us that don't come up like on the stat sheets, his leadership, you know, things on the floor, handling the basketball when we need to, um, calming guys down, getting guys up. Um, he's been a solid contributor to he's, he's been the bridge between the, the gaps and the age of what I have on the team. And, you know, he, he's everything I want in a basketball player. Um, you know, and, and he's capable of scoring 20 points on a night, but he'd rather distribute the ball and get everybody else involved. Um, so he's been a great contributor. Um, you know, Sam Raposa, um, you know, probably one of the best shooters in Division Three. Um, kind of kind of quiet, you know, not a real rah-rah guy, but, you know, he's, he's starting to play at both ends of the floor. Um, which is really great because, you know, he's a six foot four two guard. Um, so he he's starting to understand that he is big, he has size and and now that he's contributing at both ends, he's becoming he's becoming, you know, pretty scary. Um you know, Keegan Mar- Keegan Martinez, my son, and then Anakin Underhill, there are two sophomore bigs. You know, you got Anakin at six six and Keegan six five. Um, they've been, you know, Keegan's leading us in scoring right now. Um, but I truly believe, I mean, I have five guys on the floor that can score the basketball at any time. Um, I'm not really big in superstars or anything like that, but those two for being so young, um, they've played a lot of basketball and they played together since they were in sixth grade. So, um, they've been really contributing on the glass and inside for us, um, and on the defensive end. Um, I, I, I would put Anakin up, you know, as one of the top rebounders um, in Division Three, if not, you know, probably top 10 in the state with even some of the Division One guys because uh, he, he's, you know, 6'6", 215. He's a big dude. <laughs> um, you know, and then uh, Tyler Carroll, uh, senior guard, um, you know, just a great leader. You know, his minutes have kind of fluctuated here and there, but he's never wavered, um, you know, doing great. Um, you know, he's he's been a true leader, captain. Um, and then my freshman, my freshman, Treshawn Ray, uh, he's uh, he's a great package. You know, uh, he, he's got speed. He's got uh, skill, athleticism. Um, biggest thing we've been working on with him is just learning how to play the game from a ma- mature perspective. 
you know, as a as a fourteen year old kid, um, you know, coming in playing varsity basketball, um, there's a lot to learn. Uh, he plays really fast, but he's got to learn to play somewhat slow at times. But he um, he's come along, he's come a long way, and the sky's the limit for him with his with his ability. The last thing I want to ask you, Tony, is just, I mean, I know this is your first year as the head coach. You kind of touched on it a little bit, but, uh, you know, how have things kind of gone from your end and, and what's the experience been like overall? I mean, I, I, I love it. I've Belmont, the, the community has been great. Um, the fortunate thing for me is I've coached a lot of these kids in the past with AAU. Um, so I've known a lot of parents. I mean, I've lived in the community for 15 years um, you know, so I've been around, you know, both my boys are, are, are three sport athletes. So, you know, being in a small town, they, you see the same kids that, you know, every season and same parents, you know, um, the, uh, the administration at Belmont, you know, came in the athletic director, Matt, the principal have been fantastic. Um, you know, it's just, it's been, it's been a joy. I mean, I've, I've always wanted to be a varsity basketball coach, um, and you know, I just never saw the right scenario. You know, the, I, the jobs have opened up in the past and everything. And um, when this opened up, you know, it kind of was like the perfect situation. You know, I, I live, you know, five minutes from the school, and um, it's just you know, my kids get to go there. And I know that some people might look at that as a negative, but it, it's a positive. You know, it's 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 enjoyable to coach coach your son in, in a sport and everything and I've done it for a long time so I've never had an issue with it um, and when I coached I was an assistant coach at Pittsfield High School um, for three years including the year we won the state championship in D4 in 2018 and I learned from one of the best who's one of my best friends Jay Dara and you know he coached his son Cam throughout his whole career so I really got to learn like the, the do's and don'ts on how to coach your son you know, so I came in fully prepared, but it's it's been great. I mean, it's it's been so much fun. The, you know, the coaching fraternity out there was very welcoming. It's it's been a, it's been enjoyable. Been very enjoyable. So Dan uh, Hopkinton and Belmont, two D three boys teams that are off to good starts. Both those coaches as was discussed in the interviews in their first seasons, uh, leading their programs. Uh, so all things considered, it's been, uh, it's been, been good starts for each of them at their, at their two schools. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's been, both teams have done, have done very well. I was very impressed with what I saw out of Hopkinton from the, uh, the holiday tournament. Um, they went wire to wire with Concord, a, a division one team. That's, that's been very impressive. That was a very exciting game. And, and Belmont also, they've, you know, they've, uh, they held the defending champions Guilford in check. They almost came out with a win there. They won a tournament, uh, over the holidays of over five days, which, you know, again, regardless of who you're playing, you know, five day tournament is a different, it's a different animal, uh, compared to the, compared to a regular season. So both programs looking very strong. I think no matter how it shakes out, we're going to have, there's a very good chance we're going to have some local teams going deep in division three. All right, so that'll wrap up our show today. Thanks to coaches Miller and Martinez for chatting about their teams and the success they've had. 
For Dana Torrey, I'm Eric Prince-Labelle. Keep following us along on the Monitor Sports uh, site and in the paper for updates on everything going on in the high school athletics world in the Concord area. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you next week.